Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is the 27th of January at 9.30 p.m. Thank you for joining me. Well, how is everybody doing and welcome to the show? What a week. What a week, what a week, what a week. CRISPR is on the show. You call in there, CRISPR. See if I see it come up there. There it is right there. It should be popping up in a second. There he is. How are you doing today? Good. Can you hear me all right? I hear you just fine. Good stuff. Who else do we have on here? Oh, just CRISPR. That's good. That's good. One guest on the show. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, I'm getting sick and tired of this winter already. So just think one more week. Well, what is it? Uh, 31st, Monday. I think Wednesday is Groundhog Day. So that, that'll do uh, decipher whether we'll have six more weeks of winter or six more weeks of winter. So do you really believe in that? That's just fun. That's all that stuff is. What do you got going on in the background there? I can hear it. Gone? Gandhi. There you go. Yeah, no, that's just um, that's just all fun and games. I mean, it's winter will end when it ends. So, but I mean, back, I mean, I mean, I've seen springtime come along and the March break and it's you know, 20 Celsius out, 20, 20 Celsius out there, and people's gone to Florida. And then I've seen it, you know, have just terrible weather during the March break and ice storms. So, let's see what happens. My friends are in Mexico. Down in Mexico, I don't know what people are going down to Mexico for, man. There was like three Canadians were killed down there. Uh, well, not the same resort. Not the same one, but I wouldn't give my time or day to my money to to go to Mexico. But um, yeah, so this article today, Chris, this act, this actually just happened today. Um, with the um, the top doctor. No, is this the one here? Which one is this? No, this one. Well, this was the Ford Ford announcement, I guess. Um, was announced today, you know, because you know, coming Monday we're going to be able to dine in restaurants again. 
And that so Ontario, they released more details about what individuals should expect when the province moves into the first step of the latest reopening plan, which will see indoor dining return in establishments like movie theaters and sporting events operate at 50%. And the new regulations approved Thursday, today, the government specified that individuals attending indoor events at a sporting event or concert venue, a movie theater, or other gaming establishments will be allowed to eat and drink as long as they remain seated. Now, I kind of thought it was like foolish. I mean, if you're if you're going um, to the hockey game and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden they say, "Well, you can't have any food or drink at the sporting event." I mean, half the time. I mean, not not a lot of people, but there were people that didn't have their masks worn properly anyway when they were eating and drinking, and when they were not, and then when they were done eating and drinking, they just you know left it mask down around their chin or hanging off their ear or up around their eyes. I don't know. So I don't know why they, you know, stopped that anyways, but bringing it back, you know, now you can go to the movies and have popcorn and pop and chocolate bars and candy, whatever the hell you want to eat. So I don't know. And what else was going on here? Um, this one here. Um, these venues, what are they saying here? These venues must still screen patrons prior to allowing entry. However, the government has said that most businesses will no longer to will no longer need to collect information um, for contact tracing. I wonder if that's going to include the restaurants because every time I've gone into a restaurant yet, you had to give me your name and telephone number. So that's the contact tracing, the phone number and name. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's all they that's all that's all you had to do. Um, so I guess maybe the restaurants, this includes the restaurants where they where they don't have to do that, but you'll still have to have um, your vaccine certificate showing that you're you're uh, fully vaccinated still in order to attend the movie theaters and gyms and restaurants and bingo halls and wherever casinos or whatever you still have to provide that but then they got um, like this all just come out today so so the province is also removing the legal requirement to work from home except where except where necessary although Ontario's chief medical officer officer of health recommends that those who are able to work from home continue to do so but that'll, that'll depend on the business you work for right if they get you know, if they're going if they're going to allow that so uh, what else do they got here? Um, so basically they're saying you have to take personal responsibility based on symptoms. Knowing when to access healthcare symptoms and rapid antigen test. We have to learn as a society to live with the virus and live with the risk. 
So I guess that meeting, I mean, really taking it, you know, take personal responsibility. Okay. You know, with the symptoms, okay. I'm not really feeling that well, you know, I've never had a sore throat like this, or, you know, I got a fever, chills and stuff like that. I guess I shouldn't really go anywhere. Right. Same thing when people, you know, when people have the flu, I mean, do you stay home? I mean, if it's bad enough, I guess you stay home, right? Wouldn't you agree? You would think that you would stay home and isolate and make sure that uh, you're well before returning to normal activities. Yeah. And then what else do they got here? Um, the officials also offered clarification on capacity limits, saying that the 50% limit applies to rooms within a facility as opposed to the number of people who can fit in the building as a whole. So, I mean, like, you know, so people want to go see the Toronto Maple Leafs play. <clears throat> can only have 500 people in the arena. At this point. Yeah, at this point. That's not 50% of the arena. No, but like for for um, like applies to applies to rooms with a facility as opposed to the number of people you can fit in the building. I see. Right. So the grocery store fifty percent. Right. Costco fifty percent. The mall fifty percent. Yes, but I've gone all week. Uh, the last while well, they put us in lockdown, and the stores like grocery stores. Uh, malls and stuff were not doing what they did before where you had to stand outside. They let so many people in and when people left, people went in. They weren't doing that. People just walked in. There was no uh, rhyme or reason uh, to who was and who was not or the numbers that were in those stores, Walmart, places like that. They didn't have people at like this is probably going back six or seven months ago where people were standing at the door and counting the number of people going in and then allowing that many as they came out. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, I remember too because um, uh, Matt was working um, at the supermarket in, in BC, Victoria, BC there, and he was at the door um, letting so many people in when so many people came out. So... But, so they've um, shut down. They've shut down restaurants, theaters, sporting events, like even minor sports. Mm -hmm. But they they didn't uh, limit the amount of people in stores. Um. Yes, they did. They they the if you went in, if you went into the mall, it'll say how many people are allowed to be in that store. But there was no one standing at the door. Is what I'm saying to regulate that. Yeah, over the Christmas holidays, too, when people were shopping, people, um, you know, not all stores were, like, super busy, you know. Uh, I don't the the one that, the, that, the store that has all the scents, all the scents of candles. I know what you're referring to. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, so they were, like, um, limiting so many people, and the lineup was huge. It was It was crazy. What else do they got going on here? Because this is, oh, okay. So 
Um, spectators will once again return to sporting events and concert venues at 50% capacity or 500 people or whichever is less. Now, there were concerts... Um, scheduled, I think, February and March. Maybe it was just March or something. Um, so, you know, the the promote the promoters for the concert and stuff like that is saying because I guess you know they thought that they're going to be at a hundred percent for concerts, and then. You know, we go back to, uh, you know, sort of like a modified stage two. So, um, yeah, so now they're like, what are we supposed to do? Now the concert is only going to be 50%. We just got notification today. We were waiting for a while. We've been waiting for a while for Jeff Dunham, and now that's been postponed until November 14th. Oh, really? When was he supposed to be here? Uh, like two years ago. <laughs> like two years ago. <laughs> but it's not till, till like this coming November now. Right. It's been, it's been postponed now, again, from, I think it's, it was supposed to be a couple months from now, now to November 14th. And it's been postponed uh, three times. Right. Wow, that's crazy. I know uh, that my wife is going to see, uh, I don't remember what his first name is, Kissel, Brent Kissel. He's a country okay. singer. Oh, okay. Uh, as of yet, it's still on the date. I don't know what date that is. We have not got notification of a change. Uh but uh, we're expecting it. Yeah, so we got another guest on here. I can't see it that well from where I'm seeing. You probably see his name. Uh, Ricky. Rick Yearn. 231, is that what that says? That's what that says. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada, with a guest co-host on the show, Chris from Ontario, Canada, as well. Now we're just going over some things here that this this news just come out today with uh, making some changes um, to the reopening um, on starting on December the thirty first. Um, so, gyms and movie theaters, um, uh, indoor dining. Um, Sporting events can have spectators, um, but it's limited. Um, some places, like some places, you know, movie theaters and like that, would be like at fifty percent. And sporting events, you know, it's going to be like 500, 500 people at a hockey game that holds twenty thousand people. And who is it? Edmonton. I think it was the Edmonton Oilers. They had full. They had a full house on their home game in Alberta. So different mandates. Different mandates, yeah. So 
Um, what else is going on here? Because like I say, this was coming out new today. So, um, no, for the social gathering limits will um, remain more restricted with 10 people indoors, meaning your household and 25 people outdoors. So what are they going to do with those 10,000 protesters <laughs> at, the, at the big, uh, freedom rally in ottawa so it's supposed to be yeah. 25 people outdoors <laughs> i don't i don't even know 25 people <laughs> yeah what else is going to happen okay so now the ontario government plans to lift further restrictions on february the 21st but he says however um if public health trends have not improved the government won't hesitate to pause between steps for a few extra days. You didn't say a few extra weeks, Chris. You said a few extra days. You know, sometimes. So it, takes, so it would be baby steps. Yeah, you know, it might go four days, it might go five days, and, you know, then they say, well, we need another five days. I mean, we just, we just wish he would just be like more, you know, constant about it you know what i mean yes and i my, my question is uh we have schools in london right now that are closing uh intermittently because of staff shortages yeah yeah that's right uh, and student shortages too yeah as for, well right because the school can't operate school. yeah i mean yeah so i mean yeah so it, it was like, um, you know, when the, when the kids were going back to school, um, you know, the government said they're not going to be reporting any, any more COVID cases out of the schools. And unless it was something like 30% of the school population. And then they changed that again. Now they have some website that you can go on and, and find out um, what, what the schools are doing and, and things like that and like if you don't have enough staff obviously then then um you know to run the school properly and safely you know then they would have to you know go go back to online learning until that situation straightens itself out i mean to go back a little bit on what you said about the uh 30 if you have a school with 1200 students that's 300 students that would have to be COVID positive to shut down the school. That's well, that would quite be, a few, yeah, because that, that, that's, that's a, that's a quite a few students to not report. And then all of a sudden, Hey, the school's closed. we got these many, like, come on, that's a little bit uh, offhanded. Wouldn't you think Doug? Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, it would be a combined, um, you know, ratio with, with, with um, teachers and students you know, for a total of, you know, 30%, you know, say a thousand, you know, so it'd be 300 before they would report it, like before the government would report it. So now it's like, so now, you know, they, I guess they have this on like a, a website um, that parents can go on and um, get their information there. So, because, you know, the Ontario government said they're just going to just stop reporting it. 
Is it just that they maybe, and I hate to say this, but they felt in the past they've dropped the ball on it, so they'll just leave no information whatsoever just to uh, keep it hush-hush? No, I think what they wanted to do was um, keep an eye on the hospitalizations um, more so that way, right? Focus on hospitaliz- hospitalizations in, in the ICUs and focus it that way because it, it became, you know, virtu- virtually impossible to determine how many cases were actually out there in society. And that's as why they stopped as a whole. And that, that's why they stopped doing the, um, the NRA test or, or the PCR test as it's known for. And that's why they stopped doing that for the general public. You know, they are doing that for, for um, the healthcare, retirement homes and nursing homes. And that so, and then, you know, basically left it up to you and me to have an, uh, an antigen rapid test. Or if you're not feeling well, monitor your symptoms and, and that sort of stuff, right? So, what else did they want to do here? They wanted to, or they want to begin resuming non-urgent surgeries. So the province also said that it will be taking a phased approach to resume some health services that were paused earlier this month. So this includes non-urgent surgeries and procedures in pediatrics, diagnostic services, cancer screening, and some ambulatory clinics, private hospitals, and independent health facilities. So, which they put a pause on all those things. And then we have they a new said, listener. Another listener on here. We got WTP. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Doug, Ontario, Canada. And we have Chris, also from Ontario, Canada, co-hosting the show with me this evening. Thank you for joining us. Now, what else do they got here? Uh, they're saying officials warn that all hospitals will immediately resume these procedures. Will not. Yeah, will not. The hospitals that, that not all hospitals will immediately resume these procedures and that hospitals will need to meet a certain criteria. And it doesn't... Um, I guess it would be just based on local context and conditions. So they're not really saying here what that criteria criteria really, really is. So, you know, I guess, I guess it's a, I guess it's a start. I guess it would be based on uh, the degree of urgency of that surgery. Yeah, I guess they would be looking at that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just scrolling through some articles when I got home. Um, oh, here's here's one here. This is um, 
some information. Um, I think this is one I was reading earlier. Um, see what it's got. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. This is, has to do with the GoFundMe. Um, they have the GoFundMe for the, the freedom convoy rolling across Canada has raised $6.2 million. And I think it was the other day they said that um, they were not going to uh, release money until they got some really important information. Um, well, what they um, did say is what they, they weren't going to release the money until they got confirmation on disbursement. Yeah, and and for and, and like for what kind of disbursement? Where was this money going to? And you know what I mean. So that so that this money isn't going to that that far right radical groups that also hitched a ride with the convoy. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it this, needed this to go. Money, it need, sorry, go ahead. It needs to go for food, transportation, gas. I mean, they have a right to protest the uh, and voice, but you're right. The radical uh, formation that's joined this convoy needs to see none of that uh, support uh, from the people that support them financially, but absolutely no support needs to go to radical because they're out there just to get the moment of fame yeah yeah so what they've done um they have released one million of the 6.2 million um for the convoy of truckers and there's and their supporters now heading to parliament hill so the fundraising page obviously was launched earlier this month um now, or like, yeah, earlier this week, GoFundMe was was uh, was holding back the funds until it received more details about the group in its financial management. So obviously, where's this money going to? It's going. It's supposed to go for lodging. It's supposed to go for food, and it's supposed to go for fuel. And. Um, What they were talking about down here with this is that one thing that they want people to know, um, where are you, like, so if you do a GoFundMe or, or you want to support a cause or whatever the case may be, right? So know where your money is going, right? The criminal code also prohibits the provision of financial services to individuals engaging in terrorist activity. Right now, if we get a uh, an act of violence from the far right at uh, um, radicals, um, causing damage. Um, threats, um, things like that, 
we can all we can note that as a terrorist act. So, like I said, the, the GoFundMe does not want any of that money to go to those individuals. Now, the the the, uh, the people who were have set all this up and who are running this show um, has has made it clear. You know that um, violence or anything like that will not be tolerated. If uh, you hear, like in, like throughout the convoy, if you hear anybody talking about these things, um, report it um, to the to the uh, local authorities. Now, I scrolled down here a little bit too far, but now they say. Um, so if anyone who is concerned about where their money could go and be used in this protest, they could cancel their donation by contacting GoFundMe for a refund or even ask the bank to reverse the contributions. Was it um, the NDP leader? Or um, No, no. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, Singh. Oh, okay. His brother... Actually, he donated like he donated like thirteen thousand, and they were talking, and he told me like, you know, there are like, you know, the far right activists, radical groups, joining on to this, you know, and he didn't realize that. You know, he thought, hey, this is the truckers and people are joining the truckers, you know, good people, good citizens. And, they, you know, they're, they're going to have they're going to have this protest. But, um, you know, learning about um, threats going out, you know, um, people, uh, these far rights, you know, threatening the prime minister. And that um, he's he's looking for a refund to get his thirteen thousand dollars back. Now, they also say in here, um, that, um, uh, for like, for your money is going that you can get a refund and they're saying, you know, that's not to say that people shouldn't be protesting, but if they want to do that, they may want to be, they want to be very accountable in terms of where they're spending their money. So, and GoFundMe said it's unable to share any details regarding potential refunds. You know, they're not going to tell you who they gave their money back to. You know what I mean? They're not, because it's nobody's business, really. Right? So, um, another one in here. I think uh, a legal person weighed in on this um, as well. Um, it's illegal to um, fund, obviously, any far-right radical group, terrorists, whatever like that. And knowingly doing that, um, you could be criminally charged. And GoFundMe, you know, and the other problem too here is that if something does arise during this protest, 
you know, um, GoFundMe could find themselves in a peculiar spot too. Yeah, there could be some legal ramifications in many areas. Yeah, yeah. Because they are, uh, are uh, how do I say this? A funding co- like uh, organization. They are an organization that helps with purposeful uh, things, and they just quickly were okay to take the money in for the convoy, the truckers, their protest, but didn't really think about the long-term ramifications that could arise. So correctly, they are very much in a very precarious situation potentially. Yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, if you um, knowingly supporting you know, far-right radicals or anything like that, um, you also could be criminally charged. I know, but when this page was set up for the truckers, people were of mind that they are supporting a very legal, uh, peaceful protest across Canada for the truckers. That's what it was all started out for. Because they, uh, because of the mandate on, on vaccines, that um, all Canadian truckers are to be fully vaccinated in order to return back into Canada, and I think that started on January the fifteenth, and then in the meantime, the United States government was working on their own mandates. And that any um, foreign national entering the United States, truckers or not, you are to be fully vaccinated. This is where, you know, we know what's going to happen at the very end of this is that there's nothing is going to change. Right. So let's say, for an example, just hypothetically that, you know, Trudeau says, well, you know what? I'm going to give it to the end of March uh, for you to get vaccinated. In the meantime, the United States is not changing their mandate. So it's still for these truckers to enter the United States has nothing to do with Canada. Has to be fully vaccinated. It's not a winning situation here. It just isn't. I mean, my question is who and where did it start this GoFundMe page? Was it a radical individual or was it someone that was just truly trying to uh, fund their peaceful protest? She, this uh, person, her name is Tamara Litch. And there's another organizer as as well but her name's just listed here <clears throat> but she um i mean obviously she's an uh an anti-vaxxer um anti-mandates um she also um is like has connections 
to the far right, but she's not like she, you know, she's like, um, you know, this is going to be, you know, um, basically mandating vaccines on people. Right. So, and, and then, um, of course, um, truckers got in touch with her and said, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's make this about the truckers. So that's how it basically, um, started to start to roll. And then it so, steamrolled to $6.2 million. Yep. Um, I hope that the money will be monitored because it could did it could get uh, sketchy. Well, you know, well, the thing of it is, is that you know, once that money is released to to whoever is going to be in charge of it, is to make sure that you know it, it's going to uh, to feed the truckers. Um. For for um, hotels, diesel, you know anybody else who jumped on board in their own pickup truck or their own cars, you know, you're not part of that money. You you go if you're going to go protest in Ottawa and you're going to jump in on that convoy, you're going on your own dime. Right, and, and as as the as the convoy starts out, you know it's only a certain size, and they don't they haven't estimated about um, it's going to be like over two two thousand vehicles. And you these know, are have, private operators, I assume. Yeah, these are yeah these are private operators. Yeah, owner operator truckers. Um, of course, you know, if you're a company driver and you're protesting it, they're not going to, they're not going to let you use the company truck, right? These are owner operators. They, they own, they own or lease, um, their rig. So, um, what else was on here? Because, um, this one here. Oh, this was, uh, I think this one also was announced today. Now, this one here is from the Ontario Top Doctor. Says it's time to learn to live with COVID-19. What does this all mean? So... The Ontario top doctor says it's time to learn to live with COVID-19 as he anticipates the province is in for a much better spring. So he's not talking about learning to live with it right now. He's talking to learn with it coming springtime. What does that mean on, on, on the, on the restrictions Maybe by spring, you know, is it going to be no more mask wearing, no more restrictions, period. And we're just going to have to learn to live with it. 
Um, the United Kingdom um, is deciding to do just that. Now, uh, what does he says on here? Um, so he says we have to let our life we have we have let our lives um, be controlled for the last two years in a significant amount of fear. And now we are going to have to change some of that thinking. And especially, uh, so he's, he's, he just goes on uh, to credit the, uh, the vaccine, especially the third doses. And there was a new antiviral medication. Um, so this is, he's saying this is what the reasons why Ontario needs to shift to a more balanced response to the pandemic. Um, and as you know, he said January, I mean, January has been pretty tough and on the healthcare system, but he, he thinks that things should start to crest in February, you know, because, you know, uh, so January the 31st, we're doing that first step of the three steps from January 21st to February January 31st to February 21st. And then the next phase starts after that. So, you know, if you're thinking that, I guess, things should start to crest in, in February. And um, he says the, he, he, he said, he says they expect it to continue in March. And by April, we'll be heading to that that low rate of activity in the, in the uh, community. And when we reach that low endemic, endemic rate, I mean, we have reached, you know, last spring and last summer, we had reached, uh, reached a endemic rate. But then as fall came and winter came here, it just shot out of control again. But, you know, it doesn't sound like, even though he's saying that um, we're going to need to learn to live with COVID-19, but nothing here stating that, you know, we're going to rapidly change the plan on reopening, you know, unless there's other evidence to do so. So even by March or March 24th, that would be the last stage. And is, is, is that, is that when we're going to have to just learn to, to live with it? Is it just going to be like the other strains of the past where we've learned to manage and uh, get through uh, peaks and valleys and then eventually put on a, a an even line where we can, um, well, where we can manage it. That's pretty much it, right? And just you know, just just go about your your everyday daily life. I guess I had heard that the masks were being uh, unmandated much sooner than uh, March. Mm, no, I don't think that will be 
he, uh, Premier Doug Ford um, hadn't said anything concrete um, about that. I haven't seen anything pop up about that. I don't know. I mean, again, it could be um, offhanded remarks from unreliable sources because that has happened continually through this pandemic where people read or listen to uh, untrue statements and then run with it. Yeah, well, I was listening to the radio station this morning, um, Radio 98.1, and um, so we had a smaller convoy coming from Windsor and Sarnia uh, running through to Ottawa, right? It's, it's not the it's not the big one coming across from the West Coast on, on the um, on the Trans Canada Highway. That's that's the major that's the major convoy. So. <clears throat> I was listening to the to the station this morning, and so they were commenting on that, and and uh, you know, text in or call in if you want to, uh, you know, have an opinion or whatever um, about the uh, this convoy and what it's about. So a caller, this guy calls in, and basically he said, you know, he says the government wants to take everything away from you. Everything that you work for, the government wants to take it all. You know, and I'm thinking, who in their right mind would even think that? Right? And when it comes to fear mongering, you know, just yesterday we had uh, Bell Talk Day on mental health. Now you think about people who are listening. And, you know, they have mental, uh, mental health issues and stuff like that. And they're hearing everything all around them is coming at them 90 miles an hour. And they can't decipher what's true and what's not true. You know, spreading disinformation like that. Because the government is not out there to take everything that you've worked so hard for away from you. Right? Spreading that sort of dis disinformation out there sends fear out into the community and people who are not really understanding what is what is true and what's not true you know and already dealing with mental health issues or in fact already dealing with um, financial struggles and everything else that this pandemic has has been causing and then you just people just keep throwing out this shit all the all day long. I mean, you, you look at uh, social media. I mean, it's just blowing up like crazy. You know, so I called into the radio station. I said, "Look, I said, yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, we we have freedom of speech here, but where do we draw the line on disinformation?" I said, "The caller calls in here to the radio station, telling you." that the government wants to take everything away from you, everything you work so hard for, when that's not even true. And then I said, you keep playing it back over and over again every time you make this announcement about the freedom movement, 
and call in or text in your comments and stuff like that, you know, well, you know, it's, you know, everybody has their opinion. Every, I said, that's fine. Everybody has your opinion, but that is disinformation. And it's not just social media, but the media, radio station, news, everybody else like that, you know, allowing them to grandstand. Giving them a platform. Yeah, to grandstand and give them the give them the platform, give them the world stage to spread disinformation. When I talked about this before, when it comes to misinformation and disinformation, misinformation is where pieces are missing in the story. Disinformation is a straight out. Deliberate lie meant to intentionally cause harm. And not only does it cause harm, it's dangerous. And also they said to me, well, thanks for calling in. <laughs> Thinking whatever, fuck off. It was unbelievable. But this is what they tried to do. They tried to feed off callers to create entertainment well i don't i don't i don't find that entertainment when people just straight out deliberately lie about something like that you know it has created entertainment because somebody came on the radio show like you referred to um spread disinformation and it upset you enough as a podcast host that you decided to call in no fault to yourself and try to straighten out a different, like give a different view on what it is causing and what it could potentially cause. And you were pretty much by what you're saying, uh, for the most part, we're ignored. Yeah, pretty much because, you know, I guess, um, I don't know. I've got, do we have to re redefine freedom of speech? I mean, of course, in freedom of speech, I mean, if you are using, oh, you know, God forbid, you can't speak your mind, okay, first of all. But when it comes to um, racial and, and um, you know, being racial and, and using freedom, of, that's freedom of speech somehow? No, it's all been misconstrued to whatever people feel they want to say, and they say, and then they use the label freedom of speech. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they are abusing something that, many, many men and women fought for and using it to their discretion that they feel not what it was meant for many, many years ago and what it was fought for. Right. They're using that, they're using that stage to thinking that, okay, I can say whatever I want um, racially and that's freedom of speech and people, if they don't like it, then that's too bad. 
Wouldn't that sum that up? That would sum it up. I mean, it's it's an abuse of something that was very important and is very important to many people uh, when used constructively and appropriately. Right. And we see it every day on every platform. They throw out their view if someone disagrees racially uh, or sexual orientation, uh, whatever the case may be, and they are disagreed with or attacked on their view, oh, well, it's freedom of speech. No, what you are spewing is hatred. Mm -hmm. It comes right down to that. You are not spewing anything but hatred. Right, and that's not that's not freedom of speech. So um, yeah, and with um, I mean this this um, protest going to Ottawa, um, I was reading a, a a bit of an article that um, what's been posted on social media, you know, from you know individuals who have a different agenda um, for this, for this protest, um, even going as far um, as blocking hospitals um, and things like that. So, um, you know, with the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Ottawa Police, the Ontario Provincial Police, and of course, the Parliament Police, you know, and then this even goes, um, you know, further, you know, when it comes to, um, like, um, uh, what do you call it? I'm going to sleep here. Um, any other sort of, you know, acts of violence and, and, and things like that. So, you know, all I really, all you know, all I can really say is that, um, you know, if they're going to do this, you know, then, then Canada, you know, should show the world on how to, protest proper properly but when you have the far-right radicals all mixed in with this there's going to be trouble there's going to be arrests made you know it's not going to go perfect it might even be and and then it's going to disappoint the truckers that came out with the most purest intentions, Mm -hmm. if it turns into something more than that, something violent, something on a stage to give a stage to the right radicals, it's not going to, all the government's going to say is, see, look what happened now. Look what it caused. Look what happened. Mm -hmm. Now we have people hurt. God forbid we have people killed. All right. 
because it just it I agree with you. I think it may we can all hope it doesn't go in the wrong direction. I don't know when this started, when they started driving. Um, I haven't heard anything on the news about any uh, severe uh, actions to this point. I mean, maybe they're, the truckers are being like, if you're going to be uh, violent, then you need to pull off and get away from us. Well, that's what uh, one of the organizers um, was saying as well, um, you know, because people have their own agenda, right? They're not the people like these, these far right. They're not there for the truckers. Okay? No, they're, they're there for there. a platform. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, there to they, stage. Yeah. They're there to stage. They're there for their own agenda. Right. But it is going to make it look bad. And then how do they talk themselves out of this? Right? I mean, when you when you hear people talking about that, oh, this should be the January 6th, like it was last year in Washington, D.C., and then threatening the prime minister. And in, in, in you know in that aspect too, depending what kind of a threat it was, you know they could be criminally charged just for making a, a a threat against the head of state. So they have they basically have their own agenda, and they don't care about really what this is for, right? They don't. I mean, this all started out as as you know, the truckers mandating vaccines on truckers, that was the original start. But then it's moved to everything, it's moved to everything else to rights and freedoms, liberties, your rights and liberties, freedoms and liberties, or whatever you want to call it. You know, so, and then it keeps moving down the line to the far right radicals with their own agendas. You know, what they're hoping to happen. So it's a whole mix of things. And it's, it's going to be a whole lot of problems. And it's going to be unfortunate for the truckers. And it's going to be unfortunate for the, uh, uh, the organizers. Yeah, it's going to be an embarrassment for the trucking industry where they were they came in with the purest intentions and no, ended the, up with a mess at the end of the at the end of the road. I was not going to put a black label on the truckers because ninety percent of the truckers are vaccinated. We These got a are new listener, Boogie Nights. What's up, Boogie Nights? What's up, guys? What is going on, Boogie Nights? We are out here discussing a few things that has been happening here across Canada. Uh, we have been talking about uh, some changes that are going to the reopening, uh, effective January 31st. We've been talking about the GoFundMe for the uh, Freedom Movement um, convoy that's rolling across Canada uh, for the protest in Ottawa. And we have been talking about... Um, 
what else we've been talking about here lots of other stuff here but we were talking about the uh elective surgeries and hospital visits and that's all going to be able to start getting going again and that so yeah i mean it's just um a whole mix of of things that are starting to come out and then um now i was reading it now aaron o'toole is uh oh we got boogie nights on here just a second here trying to let the show not go more than one an hour but he's called in that's okay how are you doing hey how you doing i'm fine I said it at the same time i apologize we keep talking at the same time is do you have any echo are we good yeah no uh i don't have an echo on my end cool there's no echo on my end it's been a long time uh we talked a long time ago I don't know when. Whenever you started your show, we talked. I I got nothing but respect for the truckers and the convoys and everything else. And, you know, first responders and everything else going on in this world. But you know, it's we're working on World War Three right now, and I'm not trying to bring that up in a bad way. And I'm and rewriting history, and I'm just throwing out some thoughts. I got kicked off of a show earlier for bringing up history. And Did you? It just, what were you referring it to? What uh, kind of history? All of, all of the above, um, from way back 1600s, and they just didn't like historical facts. And it just, uh, I don't know how to say it they just didn't like the word and i'm gonna say it what got kicked me out was faggot well i mean we kind of don't use those terms any any, anymore you know what i right. mean no so. i understand that but i explained the term they were talking about witch trials and this and that and i know that doesn't concern this situation and i apologize for popping in but I explained my situation like, well, we don't like that term, but that's rewriting history. Mm -hmm. Taking a word and using it as another. And yeah, society doesn't see it. No, I mean, because it's, it's really like, you know, when it comes to um, the uh, LGBTQ and, uh, and yeah. that I mean and, uh, things have changed has, has changed dramatically you know right but you can't so. rewrite history is what I'm trying to get at what I, I think we can rewrite it to a certain degree but no I mean we can't we can't um, change history can't. but we can learn from it no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and uh but as far as everything else going on, like in Canada and with everything going on in the world, it's we're marching into 
World War Three, man. Well, I, I don't know. We're gonna be, you know, I wouldn't really put it put it that way. You know, the unfortunate thing here is Canada is that even has our back for the first time ever. That's not the first time ever, right? No, yeah. but we've always been there. But you know, but yeah, you know, I 100%. think. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess, where you live live in the world. Um, we're always going to have division. You know, and, yeah. and basically, we've always had division, right? But lately, over the last couple years, the last five years, whatever the case may be, you know, division has just been I'll, more I'll there. Just say it out there, in my opinion, 2016 is when we started dividing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We are pretty much, you know, I mean, here, here in Canada, I mean, I mean, we have division, you know, everywhere. I mean, you look around the world, you know, but, um, you know, we some sort of maybe just have to some come to some sort of uh, conclusion, some, some sort of reasoning, um, just, I guess, um, there's no such thing. I mean, it's, we've got warships heading. The United States has warships heading over the 8,500 men and women on a aircraft carrier with 22 other ships behind them coming. Every nation in the world to aid, show a force against Russia and... Oh, the Russia and the uh, Ukraine yeah. situation that we have going on. We will be there Sunday. Sunday-ish, mm-hmm. Monday morning, sometime. I don't know if you're in Canada. I'm sure our time's the same. But it's it's gonna get nasty, man. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just have to. I don't know what's really gonna go on with that situation and stuff like that. But um, you know, this is you know when we talk about just briefly, you know, when we talk about our freedoms yeah, and our liberties, right? Yeah. We talk about our freedoms and liberties, and then um, you look at Russia who wants to take uh, Ukraine back, and and if they have to, they'll take it back by force, you know. And And then you look at China taking over Hong Kong, not by force, but forcefully, and then you look at China's going to take Taiwan. What about Germany? Germany is the only one not, they're like, yeah, we're not doing anything. You know why? I mean, they. I, I guess you know they're gonna re. I guess they're gonna you know kind of like remain neutral or or whatever the case no, be. No, Russia may controls be, so. all their oil and gas imports. Everything. Russia controls everything that Germany has. So, Russia, right now, is like Germany. You know, you sit back and don't do anything until we tell you to do so. Yeah, but the point the point that I was making here when it comes to our freedoms and liberties and people, you know, throughout this um, pandemic, um, 
you know, people are going to have to start to realize you don't know how lucky you've got it. You don't know how lucky you are. Right. And, um, your freedoms and liberties are, are going to be fine. And you not, you don't have, they're already, they're already getting taken away in the United States. Well, there are companies making you Carhartt industries are making you, they've decided if you want to work here, you've got to take a vaccine. Well, we have that going on. We ha we have that going on on as well, but um, freedoms. You know, this is taken away. Yeah, no, the right it's, to choose. It's, well, it's it's. I've heard so so many different different things about it, but my my point is is that it, it's I not. It's not, we're not, we're not living under a dictatorship like North Korea or like China, not like yet. Russia. You know what I mean? We're not under that sort of dictatorship. And, and I can't reiterate that enough. You know, I mean, to tell people that, you know, just be patient and we're going to get out of this and we're just going to go right back to normal. Like normal has always been. What is normal? Well, normal pre-pandemic, <laughs> right? Yeah. Go on with your daily life, go to work, go to the park, go play, do what you want to do, travel around the world, that sort of normalcy as we always, as, I, as we I know it. I think that part of our lives, in my own opinion, I apologize for, I think that part of our lives is over. I mean, unless you live in your own country. Uh, seeing a coast that is in your country, things like that, I think that's over. I think, I mean, and, and it started a long time ago. It's There was fear leaving the country when, you know, cartels started chopping off heads. You can't go to Mexico. I think that uh, everybody has choices you choose to uh, live your life the way you want to live it. Yes, right now we are being asked, and I can't reiterate that enough, asked to get the vaccine for the better of everyone. Not just yourself, but everybody around you. You haven't been told you have to get the vaccine. Yes, if you want your job, you're protecting the people around your job, you get the vaccine. People are dying less from the virus itself. But there's, still there's no getting. force. There's no force to get the vaccine. You are still making that choice. Well, we, we've had this, uh, this pandemic, what, has. two years? Yeah. And they've given you the choice to do this. You want to go to a restaurant? Get the vaccine. Sure. You may seem to feel a little bit forced in, in, to a degree, but you're not being forced to do anything you don't want to do. They're not lining up at your door with a needle in their hand. And if people no, start keep thinking the door with a thermometer, if people keep thinking they, that they're going to force you by coming to your door, pulling you out of your house and sticking a needle in your arm, that's never going to happen. That again is a now something that is, referred to as 
disinformation, propaganda. Totalitarianism. Uh, Yeah, that's what they do in China. Right. We're not in China. We're not in Korea. We are in Canada. You're in the United States. Northern Korea. We are in Canada. You are in the United States. They haven't told you by walking up to your door, pulling you out of your house, and sticking a needle in your arm. That will never happen. So you're telling me that they're walking up to your door? Not yet. No, see, that's... And and I'm not, not like, fear-mongering or anything like that, but I'm just... That's exactly what that is. That's fear-mongering. You're making people think... It is absolutely not fear-mongering, but, you know, when you've got companies in the United States saying, okay, the United States government shut down the fact that they wanted people, companies with 100 or more employees to actually have to get the vaccination. Yeah, that was the, uh, the Supreme. Yeah, that was the. Yeah, that was the uh, yeah. Supreme Court. But, but companies um, go along with it. So then, as an employee, like if I were to work for Carhartt, they are mandating if you want to keep working here, you have to get the vaccination. Mm-hmm. I work for a company that said you want to work here. Because you're working with vulnerable people, you need to get the vaccine. You know what I said? Okay. Not because I was made to. I could go work somewhere else. I could go work many places here that don't require the vaccine. There are all kinds of, and that's why the job situation is the way it is in the United States, is because. The job situation is the way it is now because of the pandemic and people losing their jobs because they are sick, because they can't report to work, because they refused to be responsible and get a vaccine that helps the country, the world as a whole. Um, may I say, back in, may I, may I say, um, we've all had smallpox vaccination. When we were born, we all had vaccinations now mm-hmm. had i gotten a smallpox or a polio vaccination and then nine months later gotten polio or smallpox i would start absolutely to ask questions I people would get the vaccine when people the get the vaccine and still get covid or rabies or anything yeah you're exactly right so why trust that i'm not an anti-vaxxer by nothing's a hundred percent but i'll tell you you will 99 percent chance living i've never had polio i've never had smallpox i've never did you get the vaccine of course absolutely of course he did he's probably he's probably around my age you know back you know i was born growing up in the 60s you know it's not mandatory uh, for school-aged children um, to be vaccinated it is recommended uh, that school-aged children be vaccinated as they go through um, uh, the 
to public schools and then into um, high school to a certain age. And then, I mean, it's, it's left up to you. I mean, yeah, we could sit here and we could argue all day about whether it's right or if it's wrong. If, yeah. Right. And, and we're never, we're never going to get anywhere with it. Yeah. We're never going to be right or wrong. But no, we're never going to be right or wrong. No. To do something. No. Having your government, having your workplace, having a friend, a family member, or anybody. I'm sorry. It's like right now my cat's dying on my bed. It's unfortunate. That cat may have corona, may have whatever. He's 13 years old. He's a house cat. He's old. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Did you get the vaccine? Absolutely not. Okay. I've had it twice. You've had COVID twice. Yeah, I've had the original and I've had the Delta. And that was tested. And I still refuse the vaccine. Omnitron, come on, Omnicrone, whatever you want to call it. Come on with it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, it's uh, whatever, whatever. I can beat you once. I can beat you twice, third strike. Maybe I'm out. I'm really glad that people, our ancestors, didn't think the same way. Well, you know, it's what ancestors? Our ancestors, our kin. Which ones? Which ones? Our our past family that... uh, Our forefathers. Our forefathers that got the vaccines, that did what they needed to do to make sure... We all got them. The future... figured it all out real quick. And then it's kind of funny that all of a sudden they've got HIV-2 that, oh, you can get a vaccine for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, medicine. That was a small part in media, wasn't it? Everybody yeah. forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Everybody yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, and everybody exactly. will forget about this. No, they won't. It's going to be an ongoing thing until. Because they won't let it go, is what I'm saying. People won't let it go. Yeah. People want to make up stories and false information. Just to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, oh, it'll make good. It, news. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was gonna say it'll make it make good for a good uh, uh, campaign. Uh, if you're gonna run for government, you know, you can, you know, if you want to go there and and say, yeah, see, look, you know, this was all all just BS and stuff like that. But anyways, it all doesn't matter. But. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end the show here. Um, hey, man. Uh, it was nice talking to you. Sorry if it yeah. upset what, what is what, what is your name? Uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights? And, and where, what part of the United States are you calling from? Uh, Midwest, Indiana. Midwest, Indiana. Fort Wayne, well, thank Indiana. You. Fort, Fort Wayne? Wayne? Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, calling in. And um, sharing what you wanted to talk about. That's muchly appreciated. And uh, uh, Chris, my uh, co-host tonight, 
and everybody else here on the show. I want to thank you for joining the Truckers Podcast. And Do you have, have yourself one second. Sure. Uh, I've got a shameless plug I'd like to throw out there. Okay. If you can't read, you can't write. If you can't write, you can't type. And if you can't type, you can't find these wonderful shows. So go on down to your local Java General and support literacy. Hashtag Absolutely. Literacy. Hashtag literacy. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me and uh, Chris tonight and Boogie Night is uh called in here thank him for doing that so take care ladies and gentlemen be safe behave yourselves and stay out of trouble god bless i'm your host doug from ontario canada and my co-host Chris tonight also from ontario canada we thank you for joining us